Well, I want to say thank you to Pastor David and, and Dara. They're some of our closest uh, friends in, in uh, life and in ministry, and uh, uh, we love them so much. Pastor David is, uh, I consider him my best friend. I've um, been able to talk to him about things, and, and uh, he's been a great sounding board through the last three and a half, four years, and, and uh, God has just put us together. It, it's not just a friendship, it's a God knitting us together. God knitted our hearts together in love, and and uh, it surpasses anything that we could have ever tried to do on our own. Uh, it was a God thing. And so I'm very thankful for, uh, for the both of them and for their family. And uh, they're awesome. And we pray for them in Lake Charles this morning, don't we? Um, now, before I begin, let's get to the real business. I know you guys are really proud. And I know you're going to be honest. And you've got to be honest. And I know your heart's been aching to do this. But I know you're proud to finally have a pastor who's a Razorback fan. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> LS who? <laughs> oh, well, I can't say much because... <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Y'all are LSU fans? Oh, man. And is there anointing oil up here? We need to pray over them or something. Well, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, we live in Spearsville, so we live right across the line. I married a Louisiana girl, I, and I got, I got three of them against me in the house, and they're LSU Tiger fans, uh, but uh, we, we do the best we can, so... Anyway, I, people say, well, you're a Louisiana trans. I don't consider five miles across the line Louisiana, okay? <laughs> so I'm still Arkansan, and I was born and raised here, and this is my hometown, and I love Arkansas. But anyway, y'all got your Bibles with you this morning? Electronic or paper, if you got your Bibles, hold them up so we can see them. Come on, you ought to have your Bibles with you. You ought to have something to take notes with or something. Because it makes you lose, use that, all right. <laughs> Well, go with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 54, and I better get to preaching here or I'll run out of time. I feel like that the best thing I could do is have a short message. I'll be like, man, I love that guy. <laughs> go to eat and be like, man, that's the awesomest pastor ever. What did he preach on? I have no idea, but man, we got out at 12. <laughs> so I'll try to be try to be fast today. Isaiah chapter 54, I think our guys are going to put it up on the screen for us. Uh, We're going to read it here in in just a moment. Isaiah 54, when you find your place there, say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. I'm going to read it off the screen. Is that okay? Watch this. Pretty, pretty, Pretty famous verse. It says, enlarge your house. Everybody say enlarge your house. Build an addition. Everybody say build an addition. Spread out your home. Come on, everybody say, spread out your home. Now, I love this. And spare no expense. Everybody say that. What's that next verse say? Next verse. For you will soon be. (laughs) Come on, you will soon be what? Bursting at the seams. And I love this. And your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle in the ruined cities. We'll explain more in just a moment, but let's go ahead and pray over the word today. Can we? Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we just ask you, Lord, to take this word 
We pray, Lord, that you would, be, you would let it be applied to our hearts today. And we ask you to give us a clear mind. And we ask you, Lord, to give us the words to say and let everyone here receive it. And don't let us just be, as the book of James says, hearers, but let us be doers. And we all ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said an emphatic, Amen. Everybody say, I'm alive. I'm, alive. I'm awake. awake. And I feel great. Somebody else has got ADD too. Well, let me get into this because you're like, can this dude preach? I don't know if I can or not, but here we go. (laughs) There are some passages of scripture that are so perfectly written that to me, they seem almost like they're poetic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are some that are comfort, others that are wisdom, some that are strength from just reading a, a few words and we call it the power of the written word of God. Aren't you proud for the written word of God? One of the most famous writings, most prophetic chapters in all of the Bible was written by a brilliant prophet by the name of Isaiah. And um, these brilliant words and prophetic words can be found in chapter 53. You're already in chapter 54. If you'll take a left there and go to chapter 53, I want to remind you of Isaiah chapter 53. Let me just read a few words Isaiah 53, verse starting in verse 1, and I believe we got this in the King James Version. It says, Who has believed our report, and whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He's talking prophetically about Jesus, right? For he shall grow up before them as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground, and he has no form of comeliness. And when we size him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. It says, He is despised, he is rejected by man, men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. I love that part because that part has got me through so many sleepless nights. Watch what it says here. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Let me just stop right there and say this. This is such a beautiful passage. And I love this because it says he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Listen, don't ever just go through the scripture like it's a story or a novel or it has a plot line. My dad used to say the Bible is not gone with the wind. It is not book. It's not a book. It's not. It's not a novel. It doesn't necessarily have a plot line. The Bible says all Scripture is profitable. Yes. Now watch this. This portion says he was acquainted with grief. Acquainted with grief. After my dad was killed, and you guys will will hear a lot about this story over the next few years and beyond, uh, because it's a part of my DNA. I didn't get here by myself. Uh, many of you know that my dad was a pastor and. Um, Kind of ironic, Adam, I think you shared this. I preached my first message uh, the Sunday before my dad was killed in a, in a car accident in 2001. I preached my first message the Sunday before he would pass away on Saturday. And my dad said, I can die now and be happy. And, um, and so it was kind of ironic how I got into ministry that way. But um, long story, and I'll share more with you another time. But when my dad was killed in a car accident in 2001, which ironically enough, let me go back to that, Adam. Uh, that was 17 years ago to the day I preached my first message on the day that you guys became a church. You don't think God knows what he's doing? And so anyway, after, after dad uh, was killed in that car accident, and many of you can probably relate to this, I couldn't seem to get out of the valley of grief. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get out of the place of sorrow. And when I read that verse many years later, um, this verse brought me so much comfort. Uh, When I read that verse to think about it, it says he was acquainted with grief. He was acquainted with grief. He knows grief, but they're not real close. They're just acquaintances. 
He can tell you who grief is, but he doesn't live with grief. See, some of us have built a room onto our house for grief, and we stay in that room with grief, and we stay in grief all the time because I did. But I'm proud to say today that I kicked grief out and invited joy in. And today I live with joy and not grief. Amen, church. Listen to listen. Uh, every believer, the Bible says in Psalms 23, the 23rd Psalm, most famous funeral passage of the Bible, it says we're supposed to walk through the valley of shadow, the shadow of death. We're not supposed to build a house there. Amen? Listen, doesn't mean you're not acquainted with it. You may be acquaintances, but grief doesn't have to be your best friend. Come on, somebody. So I'm proud to say today that I kicked grief out and invited joy in. And that's the power of the written word of God. Then watch what it says here as we go on in Isaiah 53. It says, we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised. New Living Translation says, and we didn't even care. Verse 4, surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And the Bible says, and you know what, most famous words of the Bible, and by his stripes, we are what, church? We are healed. I read that verse because I wanted to familiarize you with that verse because it's one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. I mean, if you've only been a Christian or believer for six months, you've probably heard that passage, chances are. It's beautiful, it's poetry, it's life, and all at the same time, sometimes I've read it in a service like this, and even today, it almost sucks the air out of the room. It's so sobering to think about. Am I right? Isaiah 53 is what I like to think of as the Christian creed. Uh, It's one of the most famous Bible passages of all the Bible, with the exception of John chapter 3, verse 16. So let me ask you a question today. Did you enjoy those five verses that I just read? Did it bring life to you? Well, my question today, actually his question, I'm just the messenger. If that's the case, and we esteem Isaiah 53 so much, and we should, and we do, why do we not take Isaiah 54 with just as much passion and believability? If we esteem Isaiah 53 so much, why do we not esteem Isaiah 54 with just as much passion and believability? I want to read it to you again. If the guys would put up Isaiah 54 again, I want to remind you of it. It says this. Enlarge your house. Everybody say, enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home. And everybody say, spare no expense. Verse 3, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Y'all believe that today? You will soon be bursting at the seams. And that's not because you're eating too much chocolate. It's talking about, listen what this verse is talking about. I believe this verse is talking about, this passage is talking about your influence And it's talking about your descendants because the next few words talk about your descendants, right? And what Isaiah 54 is talking about is your kids, 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 kids. It's talking about your descendants. It's talking about generational. Amen, church? How many of you know he's a generational God? See, we don't often think about this. And, and so oftentimes it's about us four and no more. And we don't seem to think past ourselves. We don't enlarge our thinking enough to realize that we're not just living for us, but we're living for our kids, 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 kids. And as long as you'll hear me say kids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. And it's talking about generationally. When Pastor David 
came to me with this idea of merging these churches together, my first thought was, wow. (laughs) It, It set me back for a minute. But after I thought about it for a few moments, I knew that this was a generational move. I knew that this was a generational decision. I knew that this decision was not just about GSC and North Point. I knew this decision was about generations to come, Joey. I knew we were not just making a decision for right now. We were making a decision for our future. Generationally. And see, when we read Isaiah 53, our hearts are warm and fluffy, and they should be. But when I tell you that right now, you're supposed to be right now, right at this moment, enlarging your life and living larger and bigger than you did a year ago, you say, well, see, Pastor Jay, let me explain. (laughs) And we go through our list of reasons, and we go through our list of excuses. I don't know about you, but I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. And when the clock strikes midnight 2019, I want to be better than I was when the clock striked midnight 2018. Because God is calling us to enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. Enlarge. See, today we're all in this room. And there's oxygen all around us, right? I mean, that's sixth grade science. But why is it that some people have to have oxygen hooked to them? Because, listen, they have lost the capacity in their lungs to absorb enough oxygen. So they're having to give them pure oxygen So they can receive it. See, oxygen is all around us, but some people cannot receive it. Why? They don't have the lung capacity to process it. Could it be that you're choking to death in your life because you're not able to receive something that God has put all around you and He's trying to give it to you? See, if you don't have the capacity to receive it, it doesn't matter how much it fills the room. You can't have it because you can't get it. I think that's what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, I wanted to give you meat, but I couldn't. I wanted to give you something with substance, but I couldn't give it to you because you were too immature. So instead, I had to give you milk because that's all you could absorb. But I wanted to give you the meat, but you weren't ready for it. You weren't mature enough for it. What was Paul saying? You hadn't enlarged enough. You hadn't expanded your thinking enough. You weren't mature enough to handle it. You couldn't absorb it. So you have to have the capacity to absorb it doesn't do you any good to hear a sermon if you don't have the capacity to absorb it or receive it. It doesn't matter how many amens or hallelujahs or praise the Lord's or hand claps you get if you can't receive it. See, the kingdom is all about expansion or you won't have room to absorb it or receive it. I'm going somewhere. I hope you're following. That's why we need good teaching in the body of Christ. Because if we don't get a good understanding, we will always be believing for something we never receive. Why? Because we never enlarged our house enough to hold it or receive it or or absorb it. I don't know about you, but I want God to expand my mind and my heart. And I want Him to expand everything about me so I can receive what God has done for me and done for me so I can absorb that. Because I have a work to do and you have a work to do. That God has called us for a reason. Listen, if God was through with you, you'd be dead. There are a lot of funerals that happened this week and you weren't on the list. Amen. A few weeks ago, many of you know I'm an electrician and, and uh, one of my customers um, passed away and I didn't know it till two month, almost two months later. I had no clue. Somebody told me. I was up on a ladder and they told me about so-and-so passed away and I looked down and I was like, who did you say? And they told me and I was like, you've you got to be kidding. He didn't pass away. I just talked to him not too long ago. And they were like, yeah, he passed away. I still didn't. Isn't that what we do when somebody passes away? It's such a shock that we're like, that can't be true. 
I mean, I just talked to him, it seemed like. And so I got, I got went on the Eldorado News Times um, on the web, and I started, I'd never done this before, and I started scrolling through the last two months of obituaries. And I couldn't believe, this was a shock to me. I lived here all my life. I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe how many people had passed away in the last two months. I mean, it was just an unbelievable list I went through till I found his name because I wanted to read his obituary. Listen, if God was through with you, you'd still be dead. The reason you're here is God's got a work and a purpose for you today. God's called you for such a time as this. God has called our churches for such a time as this. And I want to be able to absorb it and receive it. How about you guys? This bottle of water is almost full. I think I've taken one drink out of it. But if something is full and it's at capacity, it doesn't matter what I'm pouring in it. It can't contain it. Am I right? Why? Because it's too full. If your life is so busy that you're saddled with all kinds of busyness and life has ridden you down and you're so exhausted and you're so tired and your thoughts are so mumbled and jumbled, it wouldn't matter what somebody was offering you. You couldn't handle it. And listen to me, I say this a lot, but it's, it's worth repeating. Satan don't have to make you bad. He just got to make you busy. And if you're so busy and you're going here and going there, you can't absorb what God has for you because you're too busy. You're too full. Amen? Isaiah said we have to enlarge our tents. We have to expand. Life is not all of a sudden going to get less busier for you. You're not going to all of a sudden have some rich uncle die. Number one, he doesn't like you. And number two, he's not rich anyhow. Amen? I hear people, and I, I get on to our church all the time, so by the way, I'm an equal opportunity offender. <clears throat> I get on to my church all the time, but listen to me. Don't waste your time with Arkansas Powerball. Don't waste your time with the lottery. I'd rather lots of brother put my money in the, in the offering plate of God. Amen, somebody. Don't waste your time with that. So instead of hating on everything, wishing something would change because everybody's wanting change, you know, if I could just have more money or if I could win that lotto or I could do this or hit that Powerball, them numbers just right, my life would change. No, your life will change when you enlarge. Amen. So instead of hating on everything, wishing something would change, I have to adjust the way I'm looking at it. As, as Sister Alicia said this morning, i got to put on my kingdom glasses. And she says that a lot, and you'll hear that a lot. But we got to put on our kingdom glasses so we can see. Amen? I need to expand. Everybody say, I need to expand. My parents used to say to me, and I know all of you can relate to this, but my parents used to say, Jason, you're bigger than that. I'd get mad at somebody, somebody would do me wrong, and I'd be plotting how I could get even with them. And my parents would say, Jason, you're bigger than that. I don't want to be bigger than that. And I'd say, if I'm bigger than that, if I'm bigger, can I hit them harder? Man, I hope you're listening to me today. It is possible to live on the edge of new territory in which you don't have the capacity to move. Hmm. It doesn't matter what treasure is over there. If we can't possess them, we can't have them. Listen, don't raise your hands today because I don't want to know. <laughs> but if you're a mom in this room, you can relate to this. But how many of you, don't raise your hand, don't, don't do that. But how many of you have stretch marks on your body? Scott raised his hand. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Can I tell you today, listen to me. Can I tell you today that your soul needs stretch marks? I said your soul needs stretch marks. 
Let me ask you this. Has anybody been stretched over the last year? And I'm not talking about your waistline. I'm talking about your spirit and your soul. Has your spirit and soul been stretched? We should be growing. At 30, we should be better than 20. Someone once said, everybody hates to see a fool, but there's nothing worse than an old fool. (laughs) So if somebody is 50 and they're making 20-year-old mistakes, see, at 20, when you're 20 years old and you make a mistake, people say, well, they'll learn. But when they're 50 and they make the same mistake, everybody goes, hmm. Listen to this. Have you ever drove up to a place, and I know I'm switching gears fast, but I'm trying to hurry. Have you ever drove up to a place like, a, say, a brand new housing unit or something like that? I know when I was uh, an apprentice, I served an apprenticeship as an electrician for five years. And in that five years, every year, at least once or twice in that, that year, year's time, uh, when I was in school, they would have us, for experience sake, they would have us wire Habitat for Humanity homes. Everybody familiar with Habitat Humanity? And they would, they would have the apprentices go in and under the, the um, leadership of our teachers, instructors, and they would be there to watch us. And, and we would wire Habitat for Humanity homes. And um, I would oftentimes go back later to, to look at those homes. But when they first got done, when we first got it done and the house was finished and everything was ready to move into, I mean, it was beautiful. It was landscape. There was new everything, manicured lawns, flower beds. The sidewalks were clean. It looked beautiful. And you drive back by a year later and it looks like a bomb went off. I mean, you look around and the people have the doors off the hinges. They got cars in the yard on blocks. The grass is gone. The flowers has been gone. The windows are broken. What happened? The house was finished and beautiful. But the people who moved in didn't have the capacity to live in that house. See, somebody helped those people out of their messy lives, but they didn't get the messy lives out of the people. Listen, if somebody gives you something nice, you better learn how to take care of it or you will tear it down to the level that you know how to handle that's why we got to enlarge. I hear people say all the time, I wish, especially this time of the year, I wish I had a pool. Well, you better learn how to put chemicals in that pool. Are you going to have fish and snakes and sharks and Lord only knows what else? If you don't have the capacity to take care of it. Well, I just want the pool. I didn't know about all that. No, with more stuff comes more responsibility. I hear people say all the time, Pastor, I want a new car. I want a new car. Pray I get a new car. Are you taking care of the car you got? Amen. I want a new house. Are you taking care of the house you got? See, according to Scripture, if we have much, then God requires much out of you. Well, I'm just, I've heard people say this. Well, I'm just not going to help them. That's fine. Then God's not going to give you the resources to help them. If you move into a new place with an old mentality, you're going to sabotage the new place because you didn't have the capacity to absorb it. That's why the Bible says, listen, the Bible says you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. Because the the old wineskin will burst. Is that right? And I don't want to be that guy. I want to expand. I want to have all that God has for me. Praise God. I want to absorb it. So oftentimes people move into a new place, but they never got the bad place out of them. You have to enlarge your understanding and grow in your knowledge. We need a stirring up of our minds to see something new. The people moved into a larger house, but they didn't enlarge their territory to receive a better life. Guys, what I'm telling you today will change your world. 
If you don't enlarge your territory, you'll move into a better life and you'll soon bring that life down to the level that you can handle. Oh, I wish somebody would give me a million dollars. Even if they did, you wouldn't have it very long. Because you would bring it down to the level you could handle. Oh, if I, if I had it, Pastor, I would learn how to do it. Yeah, that's not how it works. Let me remind you again. Jesus said, whom much is given, much is required. Let me remind you of a passage of Scripture today in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. This is a famous Scripture that's been made famous over the last, I don't know how many years. They call it the prayer of Jabez. Y'all heard of it? Listen to this, New King James Version. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him his request. Oh God, grant me that request. Now listen, you have to take that whole verse because if you're only saying, oh God, enlarge my territory, you won't know how to keep it when you get it. Listen, all of that goes together. Watch what he says. Number one, bless me indeed. Everybody say, bless me indeed. Watch what he says. Number two, enlarge my territory. Everybody say, enlarge my territory. Number three, let your hand be with me. Come on, say that. What's the next one? Keep me from evil. What's the fifth one? Don't let me cause pain. And God says, Jabez, that's such a good prayer, son. I'm going to grant it. Listen to me. When you move into a new territory, sometimes God's going to ask you to learn some new things. And I believe that God is asking us to learn some new things. God is pulling me and stretching me. I know that I'm being stretched. I know God is pulling me and stretching me. Listen to me. I had a comfortable life. I had a business for 10 years. Doing very well. Pastored the same church for 17 years. I was comfortable. And then in May, Pastor David came to me with this crazy idea. And I went home and said, oh, God. And you know what God said to me? I said, to this, I said to this to the Lord. I said, God, I'm comfortable. And I like it. And you know what he said back to me? I didn't call you to be comfortable. Sometimes I want you uncomfortable, Jason, because I want to get you out of the nest. You might even know that mother eagle will get her, her, little, her little eaglets. And she'll start pricking them and prodding them because she wants them to get out of the nest and fly. And God is asking us as a church to do something that's different. And it's a little bit unheard of for two healthy churches to come together. And guys, what I'm believing God's going to do is he's going to amaze this city and he's going to amaze this county. And that's not preacher talk. I'm telling you, God has called us for such a time as this. But if we want to possess everything God has for us in that new place, we got to be willing to enlarge. we got to be willing to expand. And you know what? God's going to ask us to do some things that's going to make us very, very uncomfortable. I mean, very, I'm already uncomfortable. I like my own pulpit because it feels like home. And I feel a little weird today. But sometimes God's going to ask us to do some things that's uncomfortable. And you know what? When we move into that new place with new territory, God's going to ask us to learn some new things and may ask us to learn a new language. He may ask us to learn some new skills. Well, I don't like to learn. This is the, have you ever heard people say this? And I'm from South Arkansas, so I can talk like South Arkansas folks. 
Well, this is the way I am, and this will just be the way I will be till I die. <laughs> and you're not going to change me. Have you ever heard that? Listen to me. I love you, but with all respect in my voice and in my being. Listen to me. I love you. But that's the dumbest thing we could ever say. I I don't want to just be the way I am to the day I die. I want God to expand me. If I got to learn new skills, if I got to learn a new language, if I got to learn new structures and policies and things that I've never done before, if I've got to learn new faces, by the way, I need a picture of all of you. I'm pretty good with names if I saw you out in Walmart or somewhere, but in church I got so much on my mind I just can't remember everybody's name. But see, sometimes we need a new mindset. Everybody say, I need a new mindset. Listen to me, if you want some new scenery, you've got to be willing to move your position. Well, I like where I'm at, but what if God wants to show you something else? You can't remain the same and live in a different way. Well, why do I have to do that, Pastor Jay? Because you will destroy the new territory. Most people think, well, if it's different than what I learned as a child, it's wrong. Right? How many of you know we get in ruts? Well, if it's different than the way I learned it, but what do you do when the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth? Most people think, well, once I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's nothing left. I did it. I arrived. Let me tell you something. All the baptism of the Holy Spirit does is start the leading and guiding process in your life. All you did when you got filled with the Holy Spirit is just step in the front door. God's got a whole other world He wants to show you. Man. But if you don't expand your thinking by allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, you will self-destruct. And God's trying to give you revelation and you're fighting to destroy the revelation. What if the Holy Spirit is leading you and saying, don't you want to learn something else? And the answer for most people is, no, I don't. Because I'm comfortable. I've heard people say, I don't know where it is in the Bible or how to find it, but I know what I know, bless God. (laughs) David Koresh led a whole bunch of people into the countryside of Waco, Texas to their death, professing truth. You can't just always take what you see and what you hear for the truth. Well, I saw it on Facebook, Pastor. It's got to be true. How many of you know some of us sabotage our success because we haven't pushed ourselves into a new territory to understand new things? Pastor Adam's already up on the platform, and I'm just going to invite him to go ahead and play something softly. And I want to kind of close, and this will be my first closing of the day. (laughs) I'll try to close. I think we got some kids to pray for, so I'll try to hurry. But, um, guys, I believe with all my heart that what we're doing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. I love what Joey said. He said, everybody in Eldorado talks about there's too many churches and there's way too many churches. You can drive two minutes from here and find a church. You can walk across the street and find a church. There's churches everywhere. And we're not against them. And we don't have an axe to grind. And we're not mad at anybody. We're for them. They're our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're not trying to be the best church. But God's doing something amazing. He's doing something amazing. Uh, you guys will learn this about us. But we're horse people. Uh, we live out in the country and have horses. And I've rode and shown horses all my life. And 
And uh, I love horses, so I love anything to do with horses. And I don't know how many of you ever seen the movie Secretariat. Y'all ever seen that movie? There's a part in the movie, my favorite part of the whole movie. That morning before the Kentucky Derby, one of his Secretariat's handlers goes out on the track. Early morning, sun's just coming up. And he stands on the track of Churchill Downs and he looks around. And he just starts smiling and he hollers out, World, you're about to see something you ain't never seen before. <laughs> and guys, I declare to you in the name of the Lord, you're fixing to see something you ain't never seen before. That God's fixing to take us to places we've never known. And God's fixing to use us. Just what we're doing. Think about just what we're doing. It's going to speak to so many people's life because there's so much division. And if Satan can divide you, he can conquer you. I want to tell you today, God's not a God of division or subtraction. He's a God of addition and multiplication. And what what better way that God can speak than to bring two churches together? We preach and talk about church growth, but guys, you're talking about church growth. Like, you just doubled overnight. God, I want all you have for me. When his people come together, but if we don't know how to be in a new place, then we will take all of us into there. And us won't be able to feel it that by ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us into what he wants us to do. We have to expand our territory, so now we have to expand our lives, and we've got to stretch who we are. I believe that God is calling us to a higher place than we've ever known before. Do y'all believe that today? That God is stretching us and pulling us. Y'all ever seen that movie, The Incredibles? The cartoon, The Incredibles? You remember Stretchy Mom? Sometimes God just stretches you. And He pulls you. And you're like, I don't like this. I'm not comfortable with this. I like going to my church and my folk. And I like it. And I know what it's going to be like. I can anticipate it. I can be at at Antigua's by 12. (laughs) I don't want to expand. I I don't want to meet new folks. But sometimes God stretches us. Like the Adams Family stretching board. I'm aging myself. God puts us on a stretching board sometimes, our spirit and our soul, and He stretches us because He wants to enlarge us. Amen? Amen. I hope you have a desire to expand your world. Would you stand with me all over this place today? Hallelujah. What if God wants to use you to expand His kingdom, but to do that, He has to have you at your maximum potential. Everybody say maximum potential. Lord, don't don't just let me feel good. Everybody just wants to feel good. I don't want to just feel good. Lord, help me produce. I close with this. How many of you know a six-year-old doesn't know what a 60-year-old knows, hopefully? Is that right? But let me tell you something about a kiddos. Every night, parents, you can't see it. But their bones are expanding. Their bone structure is growing, and you, you don't even know it. You're not even aware of it. You're not cognitive of it. But they're growing. And... Uh, Justice, y'all saw his picture. I I won't embarrass him because I'll pay for it later. But um, I guess I am embarrassing you, bud. I'm sorry. Um, He's he's 12 going on 13. And look at him. He's tall as his mom. Taller than his sister. Now he's going to have to get up real early to be taller than me. But uh, he's growing. And every night, every day I look at him. Like last night he walked through my room and I was laying on the bed. He walked through the room and I was like, good grief, he looks like a giant. But see, what's happening is he's growing. His structure's changing. His facial features are changing. The other day we went to get hay and we was driving down the road and his voice cracked. <laughs> he sounded like a frog. 
His voice is getting more manly. His mama don't like it. But you know, we had this conversation the other day. I mean, how are we going to feed these kids? They're growing so much. By the way, we got a a website called (laughs) feedthechildren.com. Some of y'all just got that. And uh, we're going to start a GoFundMe account. We're about to eat us out of house and home. I got some hay. But the other night or the day we had a conversation, Alicia and I did, and said, she said, I just don't know what to do. She said, we got to buy him new shoes and new clothes every three months. His feet are that long. Mostly toes. <laughs> Let me ask you today on a serious note. When is the last time? When is the last time God had to buy you a new pair of clothes and a new pair of shoes? Because you stretched and grown so much. When is the last time God looked at you and said, man, you grown? There's nothing sadder than seeing somebody saved and 50 years later, they're still where they got in. They never grew. I want to grow. How about you guys? I want everybody, would you do something for me? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as I give a quick invitation?